It is Friday night. Uh, it is the first Friday of the month. You all know what that means. It's first stone service. Uh, yeah, we're still doing it. We're still doing it from here from my home office because we can't meet anybody and that's just the way it goes. Um, so we're excited that you're here with us on Facebook, even though we can't be live. We miss you. We, we haven't seen you forever, but uh, um, that's not going to stop the preaching. It never does. Uh, tonight, I want to uh, address uh, uh, something that, that it's just been killing me. I mean, honestly, I've just been really frustrated uh, lately by um, just things out there. So I'm going to kind of bang on some on the same topic I've been hitting on for a while. Uh, but I'm going to start with a Beth Moore quote. Uh, but before I start with Beth, let me just share my I, I'm home alone. I'm home alone. Uh, my wife's out of town, and I am on puppy patrol. So I have two chocolate labs in my office as I'm doing this. And so if you hear commotion, if a driver drives up to drop a package off, the dogs may go nuts. Uh, I apologize for that. I hope your dog lovers like we like we are. All right, without further ado. So I'm on Twitter the other day um, reading. I, I never really post to Twitter because, you know, what do I really have to say? But uh, I'm, I've been watching Beth Moore lately. And Beth, if you don't know who she is, she's a, a really well-known preacher, uh, Southern Baptist type, and uh, very vocal about just how the church has kind of been failing a little bit. And so I want to I want to read you two of her tweets that uh, uh, really struck me. And these are from, I believe, from yesterday. I'm going to put my glasses on so I can read this. It says, the Lord is so merciful and kind. This world will beat the snot out of you. Isn't that the truth? The relentless meanness is not without effect. The relentless meanness is not without effect. I don't care how strong you think you are. It accrues. Isn't that the truth? Shut it all out frequently and spend time with the Lord. Find healing for your battered soul. Then she says, P.S. Some of you all are hateful for the Lord. Just going to tell you, that ain't going to fly. She's Southern, by the way. He's looking straight at your heart. He is not one whit distracted by your piety or your credentials. If you don't love, if you don't have love, your theology stinks. If you don't have love, your theology stinks. Man, I just, I just really resonated with what, what I read there. Um, and of course, Beth's not the only preacher out there saying stuff like this. Uh, but, but I think she, she hit it right on the head. Because she gets attacked a lot. First, she's a, a woman Baptist in, in, in a preaching role. And Southern, really conservative Baptists, don't think women have a role to play in the church like that. Um, and, and so they, they just really beat her up. And then the evangelical community beats her up because she's not a Trump type. She doesn't believe that your politics and your religion are, are tied together like that. And so she gets beat up from that angle. And then she gets beat up on other things. So, uh, but she's tough as nails, which I, which I love. And she's right. You know, the, the world will beat the snot out of you. It just, it just will. You, you're going to get discouraged. Doesn't matter how tough you are. It is discouraging when you're, when you're taking the shots. And uh, uh, her advice about shutting it all out and spending time with the Lord is really important. But I think it's the last part I want to, I want to dive into and kind of peel an onion on today. Uh, again, I want to read this. Some of y'all are hateful for the Lord. She's not talking about unbelievers. She's talking about believers. Just going to tell you, that ain't going to fly. He's looking straight at your heart. Now, understand this. God, you know, he says he, he cuts between the marrow and the bone. He looks right into your heart. He knows your motives, right? Uh, uh, and, this, and then she kind of says it. He is not one whit distracted by your piety or your credentials. doesn't matter if you've got a PhD, if, you get, if you're an ordained minister, if you went to the best seminary. It doesn't matter if, uh, you know, you're the, the most pious person in your church and you're holier now. Uh, it doesn't matter to God. He's, he goes right to the heart. And then she, then she says it. If you don't have love, your theology stinks. Your 
theology stinks. Now, you know, we've talked about love before. Love isn't this, this big, wet, sloppy kiss part. That's not love. Love is an intentionality. Love is what Jesus calls us to. Love is sacrifice, right? Love is putting yourself last and others first. It, it's all sorts of things. And I want to go through that because uh, what she said really spoke to my heart and how discouraged I've been lately. Um, it's been really a wild couple of weeks. I, I've been attacked, not on my ideas, but on, on, on me personally. And, and you know, I, I was in politics for a long time. And one of the things they say is when people uh, move to personal attacks, it's because they've lost the argument. And, and so that, and that it happens a lot. And lately it's been weird. I don't know. I, I've said some, said some of the most innocuous, benign things, and people are just looking for a fight. And they don't attack the idea; they attack me. And you know, okay, fine, you can do that. But these are supposedly people that are friends of mine, and it's discouraging because uh, what you find is I used to say this all the time: your your worst enemy is your best friend, right? Your friends can be your worst enemies because they're the ones closest to you. Yeah, I'm just thinking in my mind, A2 Brutus, uh, Caesar getting getting stabbed in the back by Brutus. Uh, it, it's really a weird thing in our, in our culture that it's those closest to you that hurt you the most. Uh, hey, I'm looking at Josiah here. He's a student of mine at Corbin University. I think the problem a lot of evangelicals have with her relates to her apparent overnight flip-flopping on her position of homosexuality after her daughter came out as gay. Anyway, just wanted to pop in and say hi. Hey, Josiah, nice to see you. Um, you know, I, I just want to, I'll take that sidetrack real quick. One of the things that is uh, uh, difficult for a parent, and I've, I've met the most solid Christian people, is when their kid comes out as gay, how do you show love to that person and still stick to Scripture? And it puts them in a real bind because that parent-child uh, connection is just, uh, you know, it, it, that bond is unbreakable. It, it, it's just one of those things. And so I know some of the, like I said, some of the most solid Christians you ever meet that have a gay child. And they, they struggle with the scriptures um, about them, uh, their gay child embracing homosexuality, uh, which goes against God's laws. But I think if you asked Beth, she would not... Uh, you know, be outside of what scripture says because she's a very scripture person. Now, she may love her kids still, and so that might be the conflict. Anyway, um, so let me, let me talk about uh, why, you know, what we do as Christians. You're, you're getting attacked personally. You're not getting attacked on your ideas. Um, people aren't arguing with you. In, in the old days, remember the old days? I don't know how old you are, but you remember the old days where you could have an argument with someone and still like them? I remember... Uh, you know, in college, for example, I, I was in college in the early 80s and early mid 80s. And uh, man, we used to have great arguments, my friends and I. And and we didn't, it, it didn't matter. We loved each other all the time. It, 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 it was great. I was in the army. And man, you could argue with people in the army. I mean, you could get in physical fights with people in the army and then buy each other a beer and be fine. It, you didn't have the kind of visceral, mean, hate that you have today back in the back in my days because you could you could actually uh, have a decent argument with someone based on the issues and never take it personally um today everything's personal and i think that's of satan to be honest with you and we're going to talk about that a little bit so it is disheartening she's right you, the, the world will beat you down and as you're getting beaten down it's hard no matter how strong you are to just take it all the time uh, and not become discouraged. But uh, we're to take heart, Scripture says, because Jesus has overcome the world. And so the world is this mass, nasty place. 
but Jesus has overcome that. So let's talk about um, what what Christianity is supposed to look like in this culture, right? Now, I would tell you, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christianity is supposed to look the same as it did 2,000 years ago. There's nothing in Scripture that you read that you go, oh, you know, we got to do that different because of the culture. Uh, there, there's nothing in Scripture that says, oh, we've got to change this because of the culture. And, and I'm going to take a left turn here real quick because it's on my mind. Um, you got you got a flow of thoughts tonight, so you're just going to have to put up with me. Um, we we have uh, some some people in our church, a, a new staff member, and he's a part of the millennial, millennial generation. And our pastor asked him, hey, what do you think we can do better? The guy's brand new. And he wrote a whole bunch of stuff out. And what was fascinating was the things that he saw that were problems were really based on his generation and culture. He thought that the sermon should be different um, because there's too many points and they're too long. And, you know, my pastor gives a 20-minute sermon as if that's long. I, I sit here for an hour and bang on you. He thought that, that three-point sermons were outdated. You needed one point because people couldn't pay attention to them, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But it was all based on his culture. And, and my pastor asked me about it and said, what do you think? I, think, I said, we don't change because of the culture. Um, you don't, you don't, this isn't a spiritual Ted talk. This is about discipling and teaching God's word and you follow the Holy spirit. Um, we don't preach for popularity. We don't preach to an audience. We, we preach when God tells us to. And this is what's interesting about the culture is even guys that have been to seminary that are the younger generation, um, think that things should change to meet the need of like people that don't have a good attention span. Um, I, I get you meet people where they are, but you don't really change because God doesn't change. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as we carry ourselves as Christians and we read the Bible and it says this is what you're supposed to do, that doesn't change just because the culture's changed. Um, you, you still got to do what it says. And I think that's where there's a struggle because a lot of what I preach, uh, well, everything I preach, is just what the Bible says. And I've, and I've said this over and over again. If you don't believe me, go look it up. I give you the, the scripture verses. I tell you what's going on uh, in terms of the culture and the history and, 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 and the interpretation of the Bible. But I always say, don't just believe me. Go look. Go look. Go find it yourself. And what people get upset about is, or have been getting upset about with me, is they don't agree with it. They don't agree with what scripture says. And I'm calling them out on it because people are claiming to be Christ followers that aren't looking like Jesus. They're not looking like they are following what Scripture says. And that was Beth's comment. I was kind of scrolling up here. She's like, um, no one's distracted. God's not distracted by all your piety and nonsense of your credentials and who you think you are. If you're not following Scripture, which tells you you start with love, greatest commandment according to Jesus is you love God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you love others as you love yourself. That's the greatest commandment, and everything else falls underneath that, right? And, and Beth was saying, if you, if you don't have love, you, your theology stinks. And there's too many Christians out there that claim to be following the word that aren't looking like Christ, and their witness sucks. And, I, you know, I've called some people out on that, and, they, of course, no one likes getting called out, right? No one likes being, being told, hey, you're not doing that right. Uh, I don't like it. Nobody likes it. Let's just be honest. But check against Scripture. Everything about your life has to line up with Scripture, at least, at least if you're going to be a Christ follower. I mean, I, you know, I, I say this over and over again. If you're not going to be a Christ follower, stop pretending. Just get out. Just, just stop. Yeah. But, but if you're going to say, I'm a Christian, which means that Jesus is my rabbi and I'm going to do what Jesus says, then just freaking do what Jesus says. 
right? <laughs> don't, don't play the game of, of trying to interpret it your way so it fits you and your ideas and your culture and your opinion because uh, that's not what it's about. So um, what Beth Moore said is basically what John said in 1 John 4. He says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Right? So John, John doesn't mince any words here. Uh, he basically says, look, you can't say you love God and hate your brother who's made in the image of God. You can't do that because the love of God then isn't in you, right? Um, in James, uh, the brother of Jesus, in three, chapter 3, 9 through 10, he says this, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's image. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. I, 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 don't, I don't know how you get it any clearer than that, that, that you know, if you're walking uh, as a Christian, you go to church, you, 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 know, you read your Bible, you pray, you, you follow Christ. You have a witness. You have a witness. People are watching you, right? People are saying, oh, there's a Christian. I wonder what they're like. What are they seeing? Are, are, are they seeing this? Are they seeing God is love and that you, know, you love God and then you're supposed to love others? And do they see that example? Do they see Jesus in you? The love of Christ, which is a sacrificial kind of love, do they see that in you? Uh, do they see that that you don't curse your brother, that that you you praise God with your mouth and you praise your brother with your mouth? Now, I'm not talking about not not holding people accountable. Certainly, within the faith, we're to hold people accountable. That's what it says. And really, honestly, that's why I've pinged a couple people because their witness has been so bad on social media that they claim to be Christian and what they're putting out there is just like, oh my gosh, that's that's just not what the witness of Christ should look like. Um, so I've pinged them and then they've just pushed back personally and hard and, and aggressively and uh, you know pejoratively. It's like, okay, just stop calling yourself a Christian then. Sorry I, sorry I intervened. Um, uh, if you're not a Christian, then I don't care what you do. I mean, honestly, Paul, Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 12. He says, you know, what are the outsiders to us? We don't care what they do. They don't have Christ. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They, they are blinded by Satan. They're not our concern in terms of obeying what Jesus said. Only those of us in the faith are told to obey what Jesus says. He says, if you love me, you'll do as I command. So those of us in the faith are told to hold each other accountable. And that, in that scripture I mentioned, 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 12, he, Paul says, look, you have to hold each other accountable to the faith. And so, you know, as a pastor, um, you know, as a preacher, as, as a man of God, as a brother in Christ, um, you go to your brother who, and Scripture says this in Matthew, you go to your brother who's not doing the right thing and say, hey, look, um, this doesn't look right. You may want to think about it. And then Scripture says a wise man will thank you for that kind of correction. A fool will mock you. And then there's evil people, and evil people just burn down your house. Um, so I think that that you know we're getting a lot of fools within the faith i just hate to say that but there's a lot of fools in the faith because they are mocking that kind of correction they don't like it they don't want it they don't want to hear it they are their own personal god and they sprinkle they sprinkle a little jesus in there yeah someone just drove up to the house so you can hear my uh, hear my dogs going crazy i'm going to close the door real quick if you don't mind all right sorry about that 
yeah, the joys of being alone. Um, so uh, we, we move on. So what are we supposed to do? I mean, honestly, uh, you know, the scriptures talk about uh, two things. I mean, if you read scripture, it talks about what we're doing wrong. You know, you're praising people, you're praising God with your, your tongue, but you're cursing your brother who's made in the image of God. You, you can't do both. It tells you what you're doing wrong, but then it also tells you how to correct that. Um, it tells you what you're supposed to do. In uh, Romans, Romans is my favorite chapter. Romans Romans 12, excuse me. Romans 12 is my favorite chapter. I, just, I love the book of Romans. Um, it is just such a logically laid out book in terms of this is what the faith is. But there's a section in Romans 12. We start off with being, uh, you know, no longer be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? We're supposed to be living sacrifices. We're supposed to um, uh, be uh, this, this uh, 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 die-to-yourself kind of population, right? And, and uh, um, okay, that was the Amazon guy, and that's why they're going crazy. Okay, so in Romans 12, it goes down, though. And it says, the, the subtitle is this, Marks of a True Christian. Marks of a True Christian. Let, let me just read this to you. It's, it's 9 through 21. It's a little longer passage, but it's good. Let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. So it starts off with, starts off with love. Okay? The marks of a true Christian. Let love be genuine. Love is sacrificial. Love is a choice. Love is intentional. Love is something where you put others before yourself. Let love be genuine. Don't do it just because you're trying to check a box. Let love be genuine. Come from the heart. Now, the only way that happens is if you're a new creation in Christ, you've been transformed by the Holy Spirit, and you are now going to uh, love people in a genuine Christ-like way. Okay? So that's the first thing. Let love be genuine. Period. It, it's its own little statement. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Okay, we don't embrace the things of the culture, which is sinful, that God says is sin. We don't embrace that stuff that is culturally okay. Abhor what is evil. Now, it doesn't say abhor evil people, right? Because we're supposed to love the sinner and hate the sin. That's not in the Bible, by the way. That's just one of those churchy platitudes. Abhor what is evil. Okay, so we're supposed to look upon things that are that God says are evil and say those are evil. You know, I... Sorry, they are. Hold fast to what is good. Now, this is interesting. You're supposed to not just abhor what is evil. You see evil in the culture and go, that's bad, right? Call it what it is. But you're supposed to hold fast to what is good. Now, that command, how many of you do that? How do you hold fast? Do you really hold fast to what is good? Do people see you holding fast to what is good? Or do they see you just kind of turning a blind eye to the culture and going, eh, you know, whatever, meh. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor outdo one another showing honor, which means um, kind of yield to one another. You know, put the other person first all the time. And there's another scripture we'll deal with that. He says, do not be sloth, slothful in zeal. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy in your faith. You know, again, you got to witness. And this is, this is what I want to talk about. you got to witness. When people look at you from the outside, whether it's other Christians or uh, non-believers or whatever they are, what do they see? They see someone that just has an absolute zeal for God. Do they see someone that is just joyful in the Lord Jesus and, and wants to share uh, the, the incredible transformation they've had because of Jesus? Right? Or, or are you slothful? Do you, do you just look like everyone else? When you go to the store, do you, are you one of those people with that, uh, that, that face? You know which face I'm talking about. You don't look at people in the eye. You don't say hi. You, you, know, you go about your business. You that guy? Um, be fervent in spirit. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. 
I mean, you should just be so excited about this idea of 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 being having full zeal and being fervent in the spirit. And you know, and it's, this this isn't just uh, when you're at church on Sunday when you're raising your hands up singing the prayer songs. This is every freaking day, everywhere you go. Everyone should see it. This is your witness. You're a new creation in Christ. You're not the old. That is gone. You are the new, right? Come on now. Rejoice in hope. Rejoice. Rejoice in the hope. Be patient in tribulation. This is the one that, that God's teaching me. Um, you know, I, I, I've actually lost friends because of what I preach, um, or so-called friends. And you got to be patient in tribulation. When people are banging on you, like, like uh, uh, Beth Moore's talking about, the world will beat the snot out of you. People that are supposedly in the faith with you are just crushing you. Uh, be patient in that tribulation. And that's that's something we all struggle with because don't we all just want to respond? Don't we all just want to ah, get out there? Um, be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Talk to God always. One of the things, I'll just take a side note that I saw uh, two days ago that really struck me. Uh, there was a meme that said, the, the battle is the Lord's. And of course, that's Old Testament. And you, you thought, I just it just struck me out of the blue. You know, Not like I've not heard that before, but it's like, the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. I got to stop trying to do the battle because I've been trying in my life on some things to do the battle and the battle is Lord's. It's not mine. He's the one that's carrying the banner, not me. And so I've been working on that. And that, that's what this means. Be constant in prayer. I've been constantly in prayer with, with God about, um, you know, handing the battle to him. And so just some FYI on that, but you got to talk to God constantly. Contribute to the needs of the saints and show hospitality. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Give if you have, if you know, scripture says if you're, um, uh, a person of means, give generously. That's what it says, right? Uh, and there's plenty of us that are of means. Uh, there's plenty of us that have uh, disposable income that we can give to the saints, and and we can feed the hungry and house the homeless, and and uh, you know give give water to the thirsty and all the other things. Scripture says we can do that. So we got to do it. If you don't have means, if you don't have financial means, you can pray. Uh, you can serve in other ways. But it says serve, and then it says seek to show hospitality. You know, serve other people. But it continues. We're not done yet. <laughs> Bless those who persecute you. Ooh, ooh. This has been. This is one of the hard things. I've had to pray for people that have been beating me up. Uh, just praying to God that, that God will um, uh, uh, not just bless them, but but open their hearts a little bit and soften uh, their their views, especially the Christians that their walk is not so good. Bless and do not curse them. Ooh, no cursing. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Right. Meet people where they are. So if people are happy, gosh, rejoice with them. It's great. If they're weeping, uh, we've had some people in our church, we've had a really rough uh, beginning of the year. We've had a number of deaths, and a number of them have been unexpected, and even some um, younger people that, that you know, just you just never saw coming. And we got some families reeling, and you got to weep with them. you got to be with them and walk with them. It says live in harmony with one another. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Live in harmony with one another. One of the things about our faith is unity right? We're supposed to be united. We're supposed to be force multipliers for each other. We're not supposed to tear each other down because you're in a different denomination than me or because, uh, you know, I'm an evangelical and, and some people have, have sullied the name evangelical um, because you're a Pentecostal and you believe in faith healing and, and we don't, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to support one another. And I got I to gotta tell you a story. So I end up at uh, a church here in Salem called Salem Tabernacolo, and it's a Spanish-English church. And one of the women that uh, we were ministering to at Samaca Place was getting baptized there. She had been going to church there and invited us. Now, 
Salem Tabernacle, not only is it uh, cross-cultural, right, uh, Spanish, English, but it is Pentecostal. I didn't know this. I had no idea what it was. So I, I show up, and Lisa and I go to the parking lot. We park our car. And as soon as we get out of the car, a woman comes out. Tom and Lisa, it's great to see you. Who, who is this? I mean, really weird. Um, we've been waiting for you. Wow, this is great, right? And uh, um, so this this is this is great. So we go in, and uh, uh, the pastor, a guy named Jerry Miranda, just a fabulous guy, comes up to me. Oh, Pastor Tom, we're so excited you're here. Uh, I want to let you know that our facility is always open to you for whatever you need, for whatever you need. I'm like, your facility is open to me for whatever I need. Isn't that's kind of an interesting thing? Um, that's 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 I've never seen a pastor do that, honestly. Especially you know I'm a I'm I go to a Baptist church, right? Um, but I'm I'm kind of a Baptocostal, I would tell you that. But he doesn't know me from Adam, and he's like opening his church, saying, "Yeah, I need, if you need my church, you can use it." Blah blah blah. So during the service, they they're they're doing things, and they're actually commissioning a guy to become a, a missionary. Uh, I think he calls me up, lay hands on him with us, be be with us, Pastor Tom. Uh, it's like, wow, that's the church. He didn't care that I was white guy in a Spanish church. He didn't care that I was. Uh, or Hispanic church. He didn't care that I was a Baptist and he's a Pentecostal. He didn't care about any of that stuff. He cared that we both love Jesus. And he reached out. I mean, I'm like, that, that's the church right there. And I was just so excited to be there. It was so great to meet somebody that got it, right? Um, live in harmony with one another. Have unity. That is the message right there, right? Now, how many within the Christian faith are finding that their Christian brothers and sisters are living in harmony with them. It's just not happening. And it's, it's very frustrating. Um, do not be haughty. Oh, don't enough of the pride folks. Um, whether you're the anti maskers or whatever you are, stop with the pride, humble yourself, but associate with the lowly. Don't think you're better than someone else. You, you know, I know people that are in the faith who, um, won't take a job because it's beneath them. Or won't you know associate with people because they're different or below them in stature and all. that's all crap. That's just all crap. And again, don't forget what jo what uh, Joyce Myers, wrong person, Beth Mo Beth Moore said. God looks at your heart, man. He knows what your motive is. He sees what's going on, right? And you're not going to get away with it. You're just not. Never be wise in your own sight. Have a sober judgment of yourself. Never be, don't, yeah, you're not, you're nothing, right? And this, and this is the thing. We, in the faith, yes, we hold each other accountable. We, we, we base it on scripture. I'm always telling people, check the scriptures, check the scriptures. Scripture says this. This is what scripture says. Don't just believe me. Check it. It's not that I, you know, I'm trying to um, be wise in my own sight. I'm just reading what scripture says and telling you what it says. Uh, you know, I'm like Paul. Of all the sinners, I'm the worst. I am. I I hate so much of who I am and what I am. I need a savior, like crazy. Every I know exactly what I am. Right? Believe me, there's no wise. There's nothing wise about me. The only thing I have is scripture, and I have Jesus, and that's it, man. And and so when I preach at you, which I do a lot, I hope you know that. That it's all scripture based. Nothing I'm saying here is just like my opinion. Um, <laughs> certainly not. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in everyone's sight. So this is forethought. You got to think about things before you do it. All right. 
and I, I just a side note, one of the things that drives me just bonkers are inconsiderate people. It's one of my absolute pet peeves. When people don't think of others, all they think about is themselves. And you see it in stores, you see it on the road, you see it in relationships, you see it everywhere. That they just can't think about someone else. Instead, they're just thinking about themselves. Right? That 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 is just crazy. And this is what it means to honor others. Honor others means put them first. Think about them first. Be considerate. Humble yourself. Yield. Right? Do, do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everybody. So don't pick the internet fight. Don't don't get on social media and be a bomb thrower and, and just be polemic. There's no reason. Be peaceful. Right? Even if you're going to correct somebody. I, I've had people put, uh, Christians, put stuff on the internet and you're like, what? The, the, the what? Be peaceful in how you do it. Like today, I put a, a thing that was not even a... Uh, uh, it wasn't even a religious thing. It was Hippocrates saying that before you heal someone, make sure they're willing to give up the things that made them sick. It's a great line, especially if you're into pastoral counseling, because a lot of folks don't want to give up the thing that made them sick. And I've gotten some pushback from friends, um, very respectful pushback, saying, hey, are you saying that you know God can't heal? Are you saying this? And, and it's like, no, no, this is, this is more about a secular thing. And it's not about salvation. And of course, it's not about works. I had a great conversation with people. We were respectful for each other. It was a peaceful conversation. That's exactly what the faith is supposed to be about. A brother can come to you or sister and say, I'm confused about what you mean there. And you can respond back and say, yeah, no, this is what I mean there. Right? That's, that's a bueno thing to do. That's, that's good. Be peaceful about it, though. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave, leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. Never take, you know, we, we, we have... Okay, be honest. You have revenge fantasies, right? You think when someone does you wrong, oh, if I could just get that person, right? And if you're old, it's even harder because here, here's why. In the old days, you didn't have cowards hiding behind their computer being oh so brave writing crap about you. We didn't have that in the old days. In the old days, someone said that crap to you, they get punched in the mouth, right? There was instant karma for that kind of thing. And that's why we were probably a much more polite society. One, it was part of our culture to be much more polite, but you you just knew not to say stuff because there was going to be payback for that in the old days. Well, nowadays, uh, vengeance is mine. So as a Christian, our walk, our witness is when someone's banging on you and, and saying crap about you, you don't fire back at them. You just don't get into that personal stuff. You don't get into that, uh, into that uh, uh, tit and tat kind of stuff. And it's really hard, isn't it? I mean, let's just be honest. It's hard not to fire back when someone's firing at you. Um, but remember, Jesus was mocked. Jesus was mocked. The Son of God, God incarnate, who was sinless, who did nothing wrong, they made fun of him. They, they personally attacked him. They didn't attack what he was standing for. They attacked him. Jesus, of all people. And he, and he says to us, you know, if they hated me, they'll hate you. We're, we're, we're in this world and we're hated. And so we shouldn't expect not to get mocked and made fun of and personally attacked and all that. And even persecuted in some areas. We're not supposed to take vengeance. Okay, This is the walk. Okay, This whole idea. I want to go back here. So you know what this is. This is Romans 12, 9 through 21. This is what people should see when they see you as a Christian brother or sister. Okay? To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you'll be, you'll be re heaping burning coals on their head. 
that's not a ha ha got you. No, it's it's I'm feeding you enemy and I'm and I'm I'm giving you something to drink and I'm doing this stuff. And the burning coals is the Holy Spirit conviction to try to get them to turn from their evil ways to see what good actually looks like. That's what that is. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. So, Christian brother and sister, is that what your life looks like from the outside? I'm not talking on the inside. Don't look at yourself in the mirror, but hey, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you, you know, this is a struggle. This What we're called to here in Romans 12, 9 through 21 is brutally hard. It is the die to yourself. It is pick up your cross. It is you have to become less and Jesus has to become more. It's all that stuff scripture talks about in order to do this stuff. What does your walk look like? Do people see you when you're at Walmart and go, hey, that guy's a Christian? <laughs> They should see it. They should know it. Not just because you have a fish on the back of your car and they saw you drive in the parking lot. They should see it by your witness and your demeanor. It's that simple, right? But it's not simple. Because of our fallen nature, we all have to struggle and fight against doing what the culture calls us to do. And our culture right now is a cesspool. Our culture right now is fighting, it, it is uh, division, it is divide and conquer in terms of strategy and tactics, it is hate, it is vitriol, uh, it is hypocrisy like you cannot believe, uh, it is just an evil generation as far as I'm concerned. Um, oh, Vicky, yeah, Vicky says turn the other cheek. Thank you, Vicky. I forgot that one. Um, you're supposed to not take offense, and that's what turn the other cheek means. Don't take offense at things, just, just let it slide. Uh, good, good one, Vicky. Thanks for that. Um, our society is just a mess. Our culture is upside down, and not just because we're Christians. It's upside down from what God says is right. God says this is the way things should be. I don't think anybody could walk into our culture and say, "Hey, that's pretty good." You know, we like the fact that that nobody can get along and that we're just beating each other up on social media and 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 just disparaging people. That's really great. There's nothing good about it, right? And, and if, if you think there is, um, you need to go take your medication because there's something wrong with you. If you think that it's okay to disparage another person um, and it makes you feel like a big person because you do that, you are out of your gourd. I just want to let you know that. Okay, um, so that's the walk. But it gets, it gets more. This is, and I've shared this before, I have a life verse that I've had to embrace in order not to be a guy that just responds like the world. Now, again, remember, uh, I'm a military guy, right? I served in the Army. I served in the Defense Intelligence Agency. worked in the Defense Department. Um, I have a very militant mindset. I, I, I've been in the martial arts for 38 years. Uh, I think in terms of um, martial things. I mean, it's just how, how I am. And so for me, especially, it's hard for me to notch it down. I'm an intense guy. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but I, I'm pretty, pretty agitated and fired up all the time. So for me, this is even harder because my natural instinct, my natural man, as the scripture calls it, my flesh, absolutely wants to rage out at people and, and um, really tear them up because that's that's how my mind works. But I have to so much die to myself. I have to so much lower myself from, from un, you know, trying to be my own God and make my own decisions, act on my own impulses. God doesn't want that from me. And that's what he, that's the whole thing. So my life verse is this Philippians 2, 3 through 5. And I'll say it again. Do nothing from selfish ambition or, or conceit. Or one of the translations is vain conceit. 
do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit. In other words, don't do anything about you. It's, it's not about you. Don't be prideful. But in humility, in humility, which means putting yourself last, count others more significant than yourself. Count others better than you. It doesn't say count this guy or that. It says others. That's everyone, man. So when you look at somebody, you have to say, man, I, I, they're, they're, they're made in God's image. I may not like what they're doing, but they're made in God's image. So I'm going to see about humbling myself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to also to the interests of others, right? So when you're, when you're doing something, it's not about what you want. It's about the interest of others. How does your decision affect ever, others? Are you even thoughtful about the consequences of a decision you make and how it will affect another person? Do you care? Right? This is part of the Christian mindset and it's part of the Christian witness. When, when you can yield because you know what you're going to do is going to affect someone negatively. You yield and humble yourself because you know that it's going to be a stumbling block for somebody else. You don't want that. Right? It's not all about what I want or what I think or what, what it, you know, whatever's in front of me at the moment. It's about how is my actions going to affect another person in, in terms of the consequences of those actions. And is that something I would do as a Christian? Is that something that I'm called to in terms of loving another person? And I'll be honest with you, this Philippians piece is really, really hard. You have to flip and pivot your mind. This is why Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to change how you think. And the Holy Spirit helps with that. So you're not supposed to look over your own interests, but the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ. Actually, one of the translations is, um, when you do this, you'll be doing as Christ. And so think about Jesus. I mean, he's the son of God, right? He, if anybody had the ability to say, hey, I'm better than all you guys, it's God. <laughs> and he humbled himself. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. He, he looked at others and took compassion on them. And, and he served those people and healed people and he did all sorts of things. He didn't look out only after his own interests. As a matter of fact, he put his personal interest way to the back and, and, and sacrificed himself. He said, no one takes my life from me. I give it freely. There is no greater love than when a friend gives his life for another. He put his interests aside for the, those of the others. This is what this, this Philippians is, is you put yourself aside for those. Is that what your walk looks like? My Christian brothers and sisters, is, do, do people see that? And I'm not talking about being a doormat. That's not what this is about. It's, about. it's about this understanding that what you do, you do for God. You don't do for other people. When you're doing things in life and, and, and you're trying to live the Christian faith and you're trying to have a witness for Jesus, you're pleasing him. It's not about the other people, right? So... If you want to, if you look at this in a worldly perspective, you're going to think it's about the world. It's not. It's about Jesus. Everything's always about Jesus, right? And so when when I decide to humble myself in a way that that I have to sacrifice, that's between Jesus and me. Now, does it benefit someone else? Yeah, of course it does because I'm serving them. But they don't owe me anything. That's not really between them and me. That 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 that's me showing Jesus' love to them. I'm just a vessel. For Jesus to show love to them. I, I'm nothing in that equation. And, and their thankfulness shouldn't be to me. Their thankfulness is between them and God. 
They should thank God, not me. I'm, you know, I'm a nobody. I'm nothing. I'm just, I'm just the go-between. And so you have to have this mindset change. You gotta have this mindset change. So, what does your walk look like, right? You know, let me go back to this Beth Moore thing. How we started. Um, if you don't have love, your theology stinks. And she's banging on on some religious leaders there because you know how many of us have have you know theology. Only those of us that are really deep in the faith can talk about our theology. Uh, but she's right. If you don't have love, your theology stinks. If you don't have love, your faith is weak, even if you have faith. Because Scripture says you can't praise God and curse your brother. You can't have it both ways. God's going to search your heart. He's going to see your motive, right? Chuck Malley, I love you, brother. It's good to see you there. Chuck Malley's on here. And Chuck and I went to high school together uh, back when Moses was principal. It was a long time ago. Um, so one of the things I did was... Uh, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll do as I command. He says it in John. He says it in Luke. And uh, I, I bang on this all the time. If you love Jesus, you'll do what he commands. But, but there's more to it. When we do what Jesus wants us to do, one, it's the best thing for us. That's why Jesus wants us to do it. Two, we do it because um, it glorifies God. We, we do what Jesus says because it glorifies God. It's the best thing for us, and it glorifies God. Three, we do it so that we can show others what Jesus looks like. See, see, Jesus left us here. We're going to get to this part. There's a piece where he prays for his disciples and prays for us. Did you know he prays for us, he, future believers? Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but he says, you've got to be in my commands because if you love me, because they're good for you, they glorify God, and it will show people what I look like. This is the witness part. This is what your walk's supposed to look like. So let me just kind of... Um, kind of walk through. I mean, there's, there's 49 of these. I'm not going to read them all to you, but I'm going to read some to you. Uh, one is repent. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Repent means turn away from uh, your sin. You know, it, it means, and this is the hard part for a lot of folks coming to the faith. Um, it means you have to admit you need a savior. You have to admit you need saving. So you, you, do, you, do you want to have a witness? Well, admit you need to be saved. I know people that can't admit that, that they don't think they need to be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell? No, saved from the fact that you're out of relationship with God and you're not reconciled. And Jesus reconciles it for you because you've rebelled against God and, you're, and you won't even admit you've rebelled against God. You have to repent. You have to admit you've rebelled against God, that you need a Savior. Jesus is that Savior who died for your sins and propitiation, all that, all that good stuff, right? That, that's the first part of people saying, you're different. You have to humble yourself like crazy to admit you need a Savior. It's your pride that keeps you from doing it, right? Um, shine your light, Jesus tells us. Let your light shine so before uh, shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, this is important. Our faith isn't about works. It's not about we do all this stuff, check the box, and we get in. No, it's about... Uh, grace. God gives us grace through faith. It's a gift. So we have faith because you know God's gift, gifting this to us. That's our salvation. But when James talks about it, he says, you show me your faith, I'll show you my works. And what he's saying is when I am saved, when I am a new trans, uh, transformed person, when I'm a new creation in Christ, I am so filled with the Holy Spirit, I can't help but go out there and do something for somebody. And that's what he's saying. Jesus says, look, you're transformed now. You're, you're, the old man is gone. The new has come. Now go out and serve. And let your good works shine before people. 
not for your own selfish, conceited uh, ego affirmation, that they may see Jesus. See, you, we serve in a way that's super humble. We serve in a way that's about God. You know, people thank me for things. I was like, don't thank me. Thank, thank, thank Jesus because I'm only here because Jesus told me to be here. And, you know, always point up, right? That's a witness. Um, be reconciled. This is important. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there at the altar and go away. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer the gift. This is Matthew 5, 23, 25. This is so important. Okay, you're going to go before God and give God a gift. I don't care whether it's a... Uh, um, I don't know, money, whatever it's going to be, first fruits, whatever. I got, I'm looking at uh, something. My wife keeps on writing me notes here. Um, and God says, look, you're not reconciled to your brother. Some, some, there, there's a sticking point between you. There's no unity. There's, there's discord. There, there's a fight. There's something not happening here. And I don't even want your gift. Do not even come to me with your gift before you reconcile that relationship. That's the sign of a witness of Jesus that you will humble yourself and go to your brother and seek forgiveness and reconciliation so that you can be clean before God when you come to him. Right? How many of you hold a grudge against somebody and you're still trying to go to church? Wow. Yeah, that one hurt, huh? Okay, we'll just keep going. Um, keep your word. I love this. Uh, Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't take oaths, right? That That kind of stuff. Keep your word. Just say yes. Say no. This is about boundaries. This is about all sorts of things. So uh, as a Christian, there's nothing worse than saying, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Um, yeah, I'll do this for you. And then I do it. What kind of hypocrite are you? You keep your word or you say, no, I can't do that. You never commit. Now, I, I know people that are pe people pleasers and they'll always say yes. And they'll try to you know make it work and it never does. Can't do that. That's not the Christian way. That's a bad walk because you're telling people one thing and then doing another. That's a bad Christian walk. A good Christian walk is boundaries. And you think when someone asks you something, you go, oh, I'm not sure I can do that. Um, and, and you say, yes, I can or no, I can't. But then you stick to your word. You stick to your word because we should be known in our witness that we tell the truth. And part of truth telling is sticking to your word. Um, We've talked about loving your enemies. There, there is this one that says, go a second mile. And Jesus says, um, if someone in the, in, in the culture of that time, a Roman soldier could ask you to, to carry his pack up to a mile. So, I mean, you're, you're a conquered people. And so a Roman soldier coming to me, hey, you know, Jew, hold this bag and come with me. So you've got to march with that guy for uh, uh, a mile. Jesus says, um, and whoever shall compel you to go a mile, go with them too. Give to him that asketh, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. And he's saying, look, just give. Go, go beyond, sacrifice beyond what you're being asked to do. That's the walk. People should say, that guy's crazy. That guy's, it's, it's, it's like Pastor Miranda. Pastor Jerry says, Tom, my church is yours. What? My, you're, my church is yours? You don't even know me, dude. That's going the second mile, isn't it? Oh, I'm just scrolling down here. I love this stuff. Um, judge not. We know this one. Judge not, yes, lest ye be judged. Understand this. If you're going to judge somebody, 
And this is different than holding people accountable in the church. We are to hold people accountable in church. If you see someone's walk that is not in line with God's will, with what Scripture says, you are to go to him. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what Scripture says. And if that person rebukes you, you bring two people to him. And, and try to talk them. And, and then it says, if that person still won't go along with what Scripture says, you bring them before the church. And if they still don't do it, and remember, the church is just the people. They still won't see God's way. You kick them out and give them to Satan so they get to play with him for a while until they realize how bad that is and they come back. And then you embrace them, is what Scripture says. So it's not about the accountability about church. It's judging people by the way they look, by the way they do things. And you'll be judged the same way. So if you judge someone, let's say you're one of these racist jerks out there claiming the faith. And, and believe me, they're out there. I can't believe it. Um, you're going to get judged the same way. How you are judged, you'll be judged. If you hate somebody because they're different than you, why do you think Jesus should give you entrance to the kingdom? Where you're going to be with people that are different than you, huh? Oof. Don't, don't go there, trust me. Um, do unto others. Therefore, all things, whoever see, uh, uh, let me just read this. This is a King James Version. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even to them. Do unto others that you have them do unto you. That's like the translation. Um, isn't that simple? You don't want to be made fun of? Don't make fun of people. You don't want to um, be attacked personally? Don't attack people personally. If you want to be a wise person and be corrected if, you're, if your uh, translation is wrong or if your uh, interpretation of Scripture is wrong, great. You can do that too, but do it in a peaceful, unified way. This, this ain't rocket science, folks. I mean, this one just drives me back, just batty. This ain't rocket science. Scripture is so clear. This, this is just not hard stuff. Yet, it, for the Christians, it, and it, this is not just this generation, it's been every generation, they just can to do it. Deny yourself. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever, uh, for whoever will save his life will shall lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake uh, will save it. For what is man's advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself, lose his soul, right? Um, uh, deny yourself. There's a great line about discipline. It says, discipline is giving up what you want now for what you want most. And this is what it means. Don't grab what you want now and sacrifice what you want most. I doesn't, yeah, deny yourself. This is what it means to show. So how does that, how does that play out? You're at the grocery store and uh, you're in line and someone cuts. Don't we hate it? We hate cutters. People cut in line. They're the worst. Or you're, you're driving down the freeway and, and some guy blasts past you at warp seven. Oh, he's, yeah, where's the cop when you need him, right? Deny yourself. Don't just let them in. <laughs> just let them do it. Pray for them. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Or you're in line. I have this happen a lot. I got a lot of stuff in my cart because I like to buy stuff. And there's someone behind me that has three things. I always let them go in front of me. Deny yourself. Yeah, it's going to take me longer. Yeah, I've been in line for a while. I'm six feet apart. Blah, blah, blah. Let them, let them through. Deny yourself. Okay? Um, Go go do this. Google commands of Jesus. So there's a uh, the alarm going off, car alarm somewhere, not mine, and one of my dogs is going bat crap crazy over it. So I apologize for that. Um, and this is the one. 
Okay. You, you want people to know you're Christian. Matthew 28, 19, 20. Go for, therefore, and teach all the nations. Teach and observe all the things I have. Whoever, uh, whoever so I've commanded you. And, and um, I will be with you during that time. You're supposed to go out and share Jesus. How do people know you're a Christian? How you love them. What's more loving than saying, hey, I want you to know Jesus that I know. Isn't that the most loving thing in the world you can do? Now, they may not understand it. They may not see it that way. They may, but that's not between you and them. That's between you and God. Right? So I want to talk about um, Jesus' prayer. So, so in, in uh, I'm going to close the door. Hang on. I got a puppy, Charlie, and she's just out of her mind. So in, in John 17, 15 through 23, Jesus is praying and, and uh, he gets this part where he says, my prayer is not for you to take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. He's talking about his disciples. Now, this is so important. He, Jesus purposely left us here and he gave us work to do. Go out and to the nations. We're supposed to go out to the, that's not his job, our job. Go out to the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have taught you, right? That's our job. So he says, Father, don't take them out of the world. Leave them here, but protect them. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. So those of us in the faith are not supposed to be of the world. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be radically different, radically different than the culture. We're not of the world. We're just in it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them in the world. So Jesus, as Jesus, just as Jesus was sent into the world by, by God, the Father, Jesus is sending us into the world. We have to live in this crap-ass culture. Sorry about my language, but oh my gosh, it drives me crazy. This is horrible down here. This is enemy territory. Satan is the prince of this world. It's awful. And we're left here on purpose because we are the only light. We are the only example. We are the only image we're the only witness of jesus so he says I, I i'm leaving you here and he tells us to be he says father sanctify them right but then but then he continues I, i've never really heard this preached on very much in verse 20 he says my prayer is not for them alone this is the disciples he says i also pray for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one okay this is that unity piece again so he's praying for you and me and all of us in the faith over the generations. Father, just as you and I are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So again, he's saying, so down the road, these generations, the disciples die. You know, what are we, 50, 100 generations into humankind? Jesus says that now we're here. We're left here. Jesus said, don't take them out of the world. They got a job too. Go out and shine my light. Go out and, 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 and send them and protect them and, and so that they may believe that you sent me. We're the one carrying the message now. I have given them, that's us, the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete you. That's us. He's talking about us. He's not talking about the disciples. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Isn't that amazing? I mean, come on. So here we are in this, in this cesspool of a world where according to Beth Moore, and I agree with her, the world's beating the snot out of us, and it is. 
and even our Christian brothers and sisters are banging on us. And, and the faith is, is a, a mile wide and an inch deep. And you find that people aren't really bought in. And, and the wheat and the chafe in the church are being, are being separated. And, and you're really being able to tell who's, who's going to really hold the, tr- hold the line and the truth. And those are the people that are looking at Scripture saying, I'm going to believe what Scripture says. And I'm going to act out this way. And I'm going to be a Romans 12 Christian. And I'm going to sacrifice myself, put others first. I'm going to um, be humble. I'm going to do all these things that we've been told to do by, by, by both the commands of Jesus and in uh, the writings of our saints, right? So here's the question. Are you going to stand up and stand out? Are you going to shine light? Are you, what is your witness going to look like? Are you going to look like most of the Christians that are just basically sit on the sidelines? Or are you going to be um, a radical? You know, we can't look like the world looks. We can't get on social media and, and start making fun of our least favorite politician by calling him Hitler. Oh my gosh, I see people do that. It's unbelievable. Our witness is supposed to be radical love, radical obedience to God's word, radical evangelism, sharing Jesus with people. That's, that's what it's supposed to be. People should look at you and know immediately that you're a Christian. Or are you going to embrace the tactics of the world? And that's the tactics of Satan because he's the prince of this world. I, I would tell you that, that if you're bought in, if you're sold out, uh, you stand up and you stand out. Yeah, there is a cost. Yeah, you're, you know, if you're in a dark room and you light a match, people are going to see you and, and they're going to pound you. And in this culture of hate and discontent and of social media and all the rest, people are going to attack you and you just got to suck it up. Um, the message that we have about the love of Jesus for people is more important than any attack we get no it's not comfortable no we don't like it no it's not appropriate and yes it's going to come from people that you would never expect it to come from people that claim to be your brother or sister in christ but you just gotta smile put on the armor of god understand they mock jesus so they're going to mock you do what is right so i will tell you this let your light shine yes Jesus is holy and righteous and just, but he's also grace, mercy, and forgiveness, and humility, and service, and all the other things Jesus is. So it's not about just banging them with scripture. You know, we're, we're not Bible thumpers like that. We, we love people. We meet them where they are. We share who Jesus is. The best way to share who Jesus is is to tell them your story. No one can argue with your story, right? And, and show them. You know, there's an old line that says, preach the gospel every day. Use words if you have to. Show them the light of Christ by how you act. And if you're confused about how you're supposed to act, (laughs) read Romans 12. It will tell you exactly what you're supposed to do. And I'll be honest, it will cut against your flesh. There will be holy discontent in it because your flesh wants one thing and your spirit wants another. 
and it's hard and you're going to have to die to yourself and you're going to have to stop your impulses and you're going to have to have the discipline to give up what you want now for what you want most and you're going to have to understand it's between you and God and you're going to have to shut out the world that's why Beth says you got to pray and which I believe you have to do but understand that Jesus left us here on purpose to be his witness so that we could share with everybody locally in your community in your household and in, in your state everywhere in the nations share Jesus with people that, that's what we do as Christians. And so I'm hopeful tonight that as you uh, um, hear this, that you understand, as Chuck, Chuck just says, choose love. Choose love. It is a choice. You can choose to fall under the cultural traps. You can choose to bang on people on social media and respond in kind and all that nonsense. You can choose to get all upset about the politics of the world. You can choose all that stuff. Or you can choose to love. It's not an easy choice. I don't want you to make, make, make you think that it's easy. It's not. But it's the right choice if you're going to be a Jesus follower. Okay, thanks for spending your Friday night with me. I hope you have a fantastic weekend planned. Uh, get some rest. Uh, get some rejuvenation. Maybe spend a little time in prayer about this. If you're convicted at all, I'm glad. You should be. It's good stuff. And uh, I, I think I think I'm back next next Tuesday. So I'll let you know as soon as I'm uh, prepared to do another one of these things. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I love I love the fact that you're here. Um, I will be praying for all of you as I always do. Take care.